This content may not be suitable for all listeners. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Shockingly Wicked, a true crime podcast where we bring you true crime cases from the headlines to the hometowns. I'm Brianna. I'm Brittany. And we are your hosts for the evening. So, I finally figured out my tech issue, at least for the most part. We'll see. We'll see if it decides to change its mind, just in case anybody was keeping up and cares. But <laughs> tax season, am I right? <laughs> I, I, submitted, I submitted stuff over the weekend, and it feels good to have that just out of the way. Off your chest. <laughs> yes. I know my grandpa did wine this weekend. Not this weekend, <laughs> but last weekend. Yeah. Um, but this is so off topic, but I'm rewatching Law and Order SVU and Supernatural and The Vampire Diaries. I've got a lot going on and I'm rewatching all of them. And do you ever like have a show and then you you're like you get mad when other people watch it? <laughs> Cuz you're like, no, that's my show. Please don't. Cuz I am like um, I am about certain shows, but it's usually ones that like got canceled after a season or two because I'm like, no, this is my show. This is my show that I have various headcanons about. You can't like this show. It's a it's a toss between like I want people to watch this because I want them to see how good it was when it was on, but also this is my show. <laughs> I think mine stems from okay. So Vampire Diaries came out in two thousand nine. I watched that show in like fifth grade when it came out. <laughs> I didn't even have these like I didn't have the recording thing. So at eight o'clock mm-hmm. every Thursday, I told my tutor I had to be home so i only got tutored <laughs> on thursdays and i was bad at math but and then supernatural i was like obsessed with and i had a whole tunnel of log dedicated and i finally released that information to my husband for the first time <laughs> yeah you <laughs> did tell me that he found out about your blog what was it dean winchester is my daddy i hate it i hate it so much that's <laughs> what so i was telling my grandma i was like that is the most embarrassing thing about me <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, I used to write self-insert fan fiction and post it on the internet, and people actually read it, so. Ah! <laughs> we we all have that. embarrassing teenage faces. <laughs> but And if so you anyway. guys try to find it, you're never going to find it because I deleted it off the internet, so. <laughs> no, but I think mine stems from this, like, people, like, watch it, and I'm like, I've been obsessed with this show since a very early time. You can't be obsessed now. You don't get it. You don't understand. That makes sense. You didn't watch it on <laughs> Thursdays at eight o'clock. <laughs> you didn't tell your tutor. Yeah, it was, it was part of a formative time in your life. So I get that. Yeah. Lord <laughs> and SVU. Right, so... Nobody really watches that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's this underground <laughs> show called Lord and SVU. You've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like super underground. <laughs> what is what is our case today? Um, okay, this one's kind of sad. Um, <laughs> I mean, I they're mean, all sad. To be fair, yeah, they're all a little sad. <laughs> but this is kind of heavy because it's about the 16 year old and she was in a domestic relationship and she murdered her. Oh. Well. <laughs> so I'm gonna. <laughs> that puts a. But it's a little yeah, downer. I but I wanna. I wanna start off the episode um, just like on a quick serious note. I wanna read out the um, domestic hotline, domestic abuse hotlines. So for the US National Domestic Abuse Hotline, it's, um, it says 900 in my notes, but it's 800-799-7233. For the UK Domestic Abuse Hotline, it's 0808-2000-247. And for the Australia Rape and Domestic Violence Hotline, it's 800-737-732. And we can have a link in the, yeah, we'll have that in the show notes in the description, as well as a link to probably other ones for other countries, because I've I've seen lists um, around of, like, more than that. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Um, well, Britt, take it away. (laughs) So, I just want to start off by saying, like, domestic violence and rape and sexual assault is something that, like, very big. Um, I'm, like... It's pretty heavy. So, anyways, on March 20th, 2000, Jill and Mark Walker welcomed a baby girl into the world and immediately fell in love with her, as one does when they have a baby. I don't know. I don't have any babies. I don't want any babies. (laughs) The more you know. (laughs) Emma Walker also had a brother named Evan, and by all accounts, the Walker family was a pretty happy, normal American family. 
They had a daughter, a son. They were happy. They go to the beach all the time. Did they have a white picket fence and <laughs> and all yeah. that? They had a single-story home, though. I saw the home. It's very pretty. So, according to her mother, this is talking about Emma, so, quote, she was so many things to so many people. She was a daughter, a sister, a friend. She would act silly and did not care who was around. She didn't care about being in a certain group. She was friends with everyone. Emma was involved in the community, had a job, and was an honor student. She was an independent little thing and could be stubborn, sassy, and she marched to her own drum. Emma had a big heart. Emma loved babies, animals, and old people. If we saw an elderly couple together, she would always say to me, Oh, that there is the cutest little couple. I end quote, but I thought it was so cute. It was very cute. She sounds like kind of what you would imagine, like a Disney princess type of character. Yeah, like she was so life. pretty. So pretty. Um, but in 2014, 14-year-old Emma became a cheerleader during her freshman year of high school at Central High of Knoxville, Tennessee. According to her friends, Emma took cheerleading very seriously as it was her passion. She loved the crowd appeal and being part of the team. Emma was cheerful and kind-hearted, and she had dreams of either becoming a vet or an NI... Is it NICU? NICU nurse? NICU, NICU. yeah. That's the um, neonatal intensive care unit for babies. Well, it goes with being an animal and old people and baby lover. You're right. I love old people. I love old people so much. (laughs) Except when they're yelling at me, I don't love them then. <laughs> I can't yell that it's a lot. It's okay. Just, every time that happens, just just remember that they're closer to death than you are. <laughs> that'll, so, that'll brighten your day. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, so, Riley Gall, William Riley Gall, had been raised by his mother and his grandparents, and he had been a freshman football player at Maryville University when he and Emma, who was 14, when they met... So he had to be like 18. 18 like, or 40 years isn't that bad, but she's 14 years old. I was like, going to say four years. I mean, me and Chris are four years, but. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like four years isn't that big of a gap, but when you. I think it's different when it's when somebody age. Yeah, when you're underage. Like, because 14 and 18, like, completely different mindsets. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, he had been a top student and he loved video games. Um, according to others, he wasn't your normal jock type. He was friendly and shy. I don't know why people said that. I mean, I guess most jocks, (laughs) most jocks, I guess in their, the stereotype anyway, is that they're awful people. Dick. Well, he is an awful person. He's a douche kebab. Just goes to show that everybody can be a dick, even if you are friendly and shy. (laughs) Can relate. (laughs) Okay, so their relationship. So when Riley met Jill and Mark, he had made a good first impression. By all accounts, he seemed to be a likable guy to them. He was polite and respectful. Like, I mean, as one is when you first meet their parents. The two of them seemed to be high school sweethearts, a cheerleader and a football player. But behind closed doors, they were far from perfect. Uh, The two were constantly on and off during their two-year relationship. They would argue and break up and then start seeing each other again. He, by all accounts, was possessive and would not let her do anything without him. Eventually... He would start putting restrictions on Emma, telling her who she could and could not hang out with and what she could and could not wear. And I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. My husband has never told me what I can and cannot wear. <laughs> I mean, not that I wear anything bad anyway. Yeah, but it's like as soon as somebody tries to start controlling every aspect of your life, but even just what you wear that's not your parents, like even even then, like, run. Red flag. Wee-oo, wee-oo. <laughs> run from your parents? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's understandable if you are below a certain age, but if you are, like, 16 or over and your parents are still trying to basically lock you in your room and throw a chastity belt on you because you're their sweet, innocent little flower and nobody can ever see that you have shoulders, then yeah. Yeah, that's different. (laughs) I guess, like... I guess, like, when you're a 16-year-old and you're trying to over-sexualize yourself when you're underage, I can still see it, though. Absolutely. Especially like- when now teenagers are growing up in the age of like TikTok and whatever, and like I'm gonna start sounding like an old person, but that's what happens. They're expected to kind of look like adults uh, to get yeah yeah to get attention. So hmm. I mean, you anyway. could tell me that at 16, but I mean I didn't wear anything <laughs> bad. 
But I did wear shorts to the yeah. skating rink one time, and it was cold. I, I, I think sixteen. I was in my scene phase, so I was fine. I never <laughs> I was had wearing a scene all black, phase. long sleeves. And the, I had well, a fandom stage. I don't know if it would be a scene phase or an emo phase. I think more emo because I didn't do like the scene hair, you know, with like the raccoon oh, yeah, stripes and just like that. I, I never, I never did that. So like, probably emo would be more accurate than scene. But I never, you know, it's so funny. I never had a emo or a scene phase, but all of my friends did, and I was friends with all of them during this time. And so <laughs> all black, and then you have me and like pink. <laughs> Hi. That that sounds like you. <laughs> I can picture it. When she worked at a local supermarket, he would wait for her outside during her entire shift. That is crazy. Bro. I mean, I get waiting life? for her if, like, you're picking her up, but, like, her entire shift. Yeah, like, even if it was part-time, like, that's still, like, four hours of your life. You're just sitting there because you're possessive. Like, don't you have football? Football practice? Like... That's what I was saying. I was like, I know you're a freshman player, and I know that you have football player like practices all the time yeah. in Tennessee in the South. Yeah, like the South takes football really seriously. So especially the fact that he college was football. Able to just yeah, just the fact that he was able to just sit outside during her entire shift and just be there. And what did he think? Like nobody said gonna... anything. What did he think this fifteen-year-old yeah. <laughs> was going to have an affair in the supermarket break room? Like, I mean, stranger things have happened, but <laughs> it, he he definitely that that's that's crossing a line. Like the fact that you can't even trust this person, you allegedly care about them. Well, their excuses. It's not that I don't trust you. I just don't trust other people. But. And it's like, if you trusted me, you would know that I would not let something happen, even if other people tried something. So, yes, it is that you do not trust me. <laughs> yeah, unless they abduct you, then it's not your fault, bestie. Well, yeah, but see, I have been fat my entire life, so that has never been something I've worried about. <laughs> I have more... <laughs> <laughs> it is more difficult for me to be abducted for that reason, so. <laughs> That's a positive thing. I know. <laughs> like, I'm not saying being fat's a bad thing. Oh, I was like, it's wait, just a fact. that's a positive thing. <laughs> no, I, that's the thing. It's like, for me, like, people use fat as an insult, and I'm just like, okay, you have eyes. Congratulations. Like, yeah, I know I'm fat. It's it's a fact about me. It doesn't define who I am, and being fat is not a bad thing. And that's a message I'm sending out to you guys as well. Being fat is not a bad thing, regardless of whatever the beauty industry or whoever has told you. So, I, um, and before anybody I, starts getting on me, being like, "Oh, but I, if you're fat, you're unhealthy," it's like, uh, absolutely not. Uh, I have a clean bill of health from a doctor. Thank you very much. I didn't know how to add to that yeah. conversation. I'm so sorry. It, it, it's okay. You could have just changed the subject. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, back to the topic at hand. Okay, so Emma's friends tried to warn her about Riley, but she would never listen, and his behavior would continue to get worse. I mean, she's a 14, 15. I know, but she's 14, 15, 16. These are developmental years for a kid. They don't understand. I know. I just, you try to tell I me I couldn't date somebody at 14? Well, I didn't have a boyfriend. No, I know. I know it's just I feel bad because it's like I can so very easily see that this is not good for her and the fact that she is just like oh no it's fine or whatever yeah so Riley would become super aggressive and text Emma things like quote I hate you I hate everything about you end quote and quote you're the biggest bitch I've ever come in contact with end quote but after he calmed down he would text things like quote Emma I'm so sorry for however I acted in quote and quote I love you more than words can describe in quote oh so Jill and Mark uh, became alarmed and their last straw was seeing a text from Riley stating quote I hate you and I will see your name in the obituary in quote Ex- excuse me what what yeah. I, I don't blame them for becoming alarmed like he that's a threat like, like, I guess he's uh, not t- be saying he's going to be putting her in the obituary, but like, hello? Hello? <laughs> <All the cops. laughs> 
So they took her phone away in order to stop the communication between Emma and Riley and banned him from coming back to the Walker home. Riley, however, had gave Emma an iPod touch and the two would still text through Wi-Fi. However, in 2016, the two of them were still in a relationship. Uh, but when their fights started to become more frequent, that's when Emma herself wanted to end things. So Emma had finally made a decision to end the relationship for good. So Jill and Mark and Emma's friends were relieved when she just decided to end the relationship with Riley. And on November 13th, Emma tweeted, quote, not sure why I waited so long, dot, 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 end quote. I already know where this is going because this is the same cycle that pretty much most domestic violence Well, she doesn't get back with him. No, I know. That's not, it's, it's the fact that a man is so possessive of this person, she breaks up with him and is going to try to move on with his, with her life. And that person's not going to let the, let her. It's so sad and it's just 16. That is, I, I mean, know. it's sad in general, but a 16 year old. Um, so let's, so let's talk about the timeline leading up to Emma's murder. So on Friday, November 18th, Emma went out with her friends to celebrate the win of a central high football game high school football game around 11 30 p.m emma started to receive n- numerous text messages from an anonymous number uh can you even still text from like from an unknown number um that i mean i, I remember it, you i mean could other be than able to. i know you you, can you, you s- could you can like call and block your yeah, number but i don't know if you can text and, <laughs> i don't know if you can block your number when you're texting but I would assume, like, even if there was a number, it was probably just one that she didn't know. Like, it From wasn't... text now like number. Like, that, that's... Yeah, or something like that. Just some sort of throwaway number. Because that's something you can do. You can get, like, I don't know, like a Google Voice or something for free. And you can text people using that, you know? So... So Emma showed her friend Zach Green the messages she was receiving. One stated, quote, Come outside alone if you don't want to see a loved one get hurt, end quote. Another one read, quote, go to your car with your keys. Go alone. I've got someone you love. If you don't comply, I will hurt them. The last one she received read, quote, I've dropped Riley outside, end quote. I just want to know what kind of movie bullshit this man was on. Because if I receive texts like that, we'll be like, what kind of Law & Order episode? (laughs) I would be like, um, I'm not with Riley anymore. You've... (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it'd be so, I I wish this would have happened. I wish she would have texted and be like, I don't give a shit about Riley. (laughs) You got the wrong person, man. Yeah, Um, like, I don't give a shit about this boy. (laughs) So Zach and Emma went outside and found Riley laying outside on the ground, face down in a ditch. He told them he didn't know what happened or how he got there. So Emma told him to leave her alone and reminded him that they had broken up. And then he left. So he left and called his friend Noah, and he told Noah that Noah that someone had just threw him in the back of a van and kidnapped him. Because Noah has a brain, he did not believe him. <laughs> Shout out to Noah. Um, <laughs> Noah's like, yeah, all right, dude. Yeah, he's like, okay. The next morning, Emma had been home alone when she looked out her window and saw someone dressed in all black walking towards her home. The person then walked up to the door and started ringing the doorbell repeatedly. And I know this girl had to be scared shitless because I get scared with somebody, my neighbor rings my doorbell. Yeah. Like any, and I'm home alone. Anytime somebody rings my doorbell and I'm not expecting somebody to show up at my house, like I'm glad that we have... I go hide. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we have one of those video doorbells because then I can just like pull up the video and be like, is this somebody trying to murder me or is this the UPS man? <laughs> It's usually the UPS man, so. Yeah. So Emma went and hid and texted her friends, quote, I am home alone and someone in all black walked down my street, came to my door, rang the doorbell repeatedly. I thought I was going to die, end quote. Like, do you know how scary that is to be a 16-year-old and be home alone and see someone in all black in the morning ring your doorbell repeatedly? Especially in the morning because you also know that, like... No, like, people around you are probably also at work, like your neighbors and whatnot. So it's like... nobody's gonna hear you if you scream well it was on a saturday it was oh okay well it was a saturday morning never mind so emma then sent a text to riley quote i hate you but i need you right now end quote because i guess she assumed that was like the first person that could get to her so he immediately came over um the two of them waited in the front yard which is kind of a dumb decision yeah 
Somebody, I mean, I think she, he wasn't allowed inside the house, so she was yeah, but waiting outside with there's him. There's somebody who came up to your door in all black who is outside of your home. Going outside might not be yeah, the but she's best. she's 16. I get it. But I'm also just like, girl, just <laughs> just stay in the house. Just, just lock it down. So they waited in the front yard, and then Mark came home, and he had told Riley to leave immediately. He was like, get the fuck out of yes, here. Yes, Mark. Tell him. So that night... Before going to bed, she had asked her parents to set the alarm system. So the following day on Sunday, Riley had called Emma over 60 times using his friend's phone. She ignored him. She ignored every phone call. And then that night, she went to bed just after midnight, which is going into the morning of the 21st. So Jill, okay, so the morning of November 21st, Jill had been the first person up as usual and made her way through the single-story house. Emma had asked her mom to wake her up at 6 a.m. rather than the usual 6.30 a.m. so that she could get up early and wash her hair before school that day. I don't get up at... I take my showers at nighttime. I uh, also but do. I get up 10 minutes before I need to leave the house. Same. So. <laughs> or, no, actually, I set an alarm and then I lay in bed scrolling on my phone for an hour and then I leave. Like, and I snoot. No, I don't I, do I that. take like five minutes. I don't even do that. I take like five minutes to, to hurry to get dressed and then I'm like perpetually five minutes late to everything because I wait until the very last minute before I have to leave the house. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so she she wanted to get up at 630 so she could wash her hair before school that day. So Emma was super, usually super easy to wake up. But that morning when Jill came to get her, Emma didn't budge. So Jill touched her daughter's leg to try and shake her awake. But Emma didn't move. And then so like Emma was laying face up in her bed. Um, but after trying to find her daughter's pulse and being unsuccessful, she called 911. So almost immediately after receiving, arriving at the Walker house, investigators declared it a crime scene and announced Emma Walker as dead. They had discovered a bullet hole in her wall and two shell casings outside of the home. Uh, what? So at least two, sh- yeah, so at least two shots had been fired. The second bullet hole was found on a different side of the house. But both bullet holes were the same height, which led investigators to believe it had been the same person who had fired both shots. Police confirmed that Emma had been shot while she was asleep. She was lying in bed when a bullet from a 9mm handgun entered her room and struck her behind the left ear, which is why I think her, because it's the blood's, the blood's pouring under her, so that's why her mom didn't see the blood. Of course she died, and then the second bullet was lodged into her pillow. So nobody in the house woke up or heard the shots being fired, which, I mean, me neither. I guess if you're a really heavy, if you're a really heavy sleeper, then yeah. I guess I I've trained myself to wake up at like loud noises because I have two dogs, and usually that's a bad thing if you hear a loud noise because they've gotten into something they shouldn't. But well, I sleep with a fan Mm -hmm. that's like in the like the corner, and then a ceiling fan, but it drowns out all noise. So if somebody was to shoot me, I wouldn't hear it either. I have a fan, and I have a. air purifier next to my bed so i i get that (laughs) like i also have a lot of noise going in my room it's i used to be such a heavy sleeper that you could not like i used to be too when i lived in maryland a helicopter landed in the field across from our house in the middle of the night and i did not hear it why (laughs) i don't remember why i don't remember I think it, uh, I, I think there might have been like is that a, normal. No, I think there might have been a car accident or something oh. on that road, and so they, it was like oh. a medical helicopter or something. But I did not hear it. <laughs> I, I was out. <laughs> I used to be a much heavier sleeper. We used to have a train that lived like it was right across the street from us. Yeah, I would shake the house, but I never woke up to it. But. <laughs> Um, my parents used to, this is really sad. My parents used to fight a lot. They fought a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so me and my siblings will tell you that we learned to just sleep through a train. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do. At nighttime. So Mark at, woke up at one point during the night when he heard a sound, but he thought the sound he heard was the sound of a door slamming shut, which makes sense. Like, cause if you're not used to hearing gunshots mm-hmm. at nighttime, are you going to just associate Well, and it, it also could have been a door slamming shut, maybe like a car door outside or something like that. I mean. Yeah. So he even got up and checked around the house and went, even went into Emma's bedroom, but everything looked in order. And it was also dark, so mm-hmm. you really can't blame him. Yeah. Um, he's probably half asleep. So some of na- the neighbors, however, actually heard the gunshots at 3 a.m. that morning. And after speaking with Emma's friends and parents, they immediately started to suspect Riley Gall. We'll get right to that after a quick word about our sponsors. 
I will say, I mean, spoiler alert, Riley did it. Um, <laughs> they arrested him the next day. So well, that's good. <laughs> they didn't like wait. Yeah. Like, it's no surprise that he did it, but I, I hate the fact that it it got to that point. Obviously, police went to speak with Riley, but he had told them he had no idea who would want to kill Emma. Uh, he then went on to say that he tried to speak with her over the weekend, but she did not respond to him, which is a lie because he saw her on Saturday. Yeah. Just because you called her 60 times and she did not answer you because you're obsessive does not mean you did not speak to her. Riley had told police that he went out on Sunday night with friends and tried to contact Emma by using his friend's phone because Emma had blocked Riley's number. He then stopped by his grandparents before driving back to his dorm room. He then went on to tell police that he sat in his car for two two or three hours crying over their breakup. So not only is he obsessive and possessive, he's also a little bitch. I like I'm all for men feeling their feelings. So this isn't me saying that like like laughing at him for saying he was crying for three hours. But why would you cry in your car about like that's not (laughs) because he has a roommate. He has a doormate. Okay, somebody could walk by your car (laughs) and see you sobbing and snotting all over the the place. Yeah, (laughs) it's a college campus. That's not an unusual thing. I went to community college. I don't know. I didn't. Ha- I didn't um, live on campus, but the school I went to had a had a curfew, so it wouldn't have happened on my campus, but <laughs> every other campus probably. Didn't you go to a Christian college? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, it was it was free because yeah, it was free because my parents worked there, so <laughs> that's the only reason I went. You gotta no, take what you can get. <laughs> no student loans, baby. Same. Um, Riley's roommate told police that Riley returned to the dorms at 4.45 a.m., asked him to wake him up at 8 a.m. for class before falling asleep. So not only did he cry in his car for two or three hours, but then he wakes his roommate up at 4.45 and was like, hey, wake me up at 8. That's so rude. What if the like, roommate wake yourself up, bitch. What if, what if the roommate was up studying late? You never know. I mean, I doubt no, it. But asleep. I Yeah, probably. <laughs> So Alex McCarty and Noah Walton, Riley's friend, told police that Riley had a gun in his possession before Emma's death. Riley had shown the gun to Alex and had asked Noah if he knew how to get fingerprints off of a gun. Um, The gun was a 9mm handgun, which was the same type of gun used to kill Emma. So Alex, this is so funny to me, um, but Alex and Noah went to police and they were like, hey, we want to help you with your investigation. (laughs) See, these these are... that's so funny. To me, these are good friends. <laughs> and I say this because... No, I know. Like, good friends are going to hold you accountable for the stupid shit you do. So. <laughs> no, 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 I know. But Noah was also the one that was like, no, I don't believe you got kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we stand, Noah. I was like, period. <laughs> like, he has a brain. Um, so... Yeah, so Alex and Noah just go to the police and they're like, hey, we want to help with the investigation. And police like, sick, all right. So (laughs) police then wired Noah and Alex with microphones and then they put a mini video camera inside a key fob. But I have a question. So like, do they have to hold the key fob up the entire time? Well, I imagine probably like if they had it in their hand, but like down by their side or something, or maybe they had their keys on a lanyard like I do. And it was like around their neck. That would be my guess. Because, like, I've never worn my keys around my neck. What if the camera kept getting getting flipped, though? That would be unfortunate. I think I have to, like, why do you keep, like, twisting? Because, Riley, I just want to keep twisting my lanyard. Don't worry about it. It's a nervous tick. (laughs) Don't be be an asshole. I'm anxious, okay? (laughs) So Noah had invited Riley over to his house, and the three of them went on to play video games like boys. Yes, that's 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 what they do. Riley had then asked if they wanted to go to the Bluffs, which was a wooded area down by the Tennessee River. Riley wanted to throw the gun in the fucking river. I mean, I get it. But also, I'd be worried that he'd try and shoot me and then throw me into the river. So I'd be like, <laughs> just... Riley told Noah and Alex that he was afraid that the murder would get pinned on him, so he wanted to get rid of the gun. The gun had belonged to Riley's grandfather, and he had stolen it from him. But he had told Alex that he stole the gun because he was afraid for his life. He had been afraid someone would harm him or Emma, but he denied shooting Emma. But you stole the gun for no reason, because she still died. Mr. Mans, you can't say... 
that you are worried the murder would get pinned on you because if you didn't do it, it won't get pinned on you. (laughs) It like if you didn't do it, you ain't got nothing to worry about. (laughs) So the three of them got into Alex's car. Alex and Noah knew, but the but Riley didn't. But the police began to follow them. But they all stopped, like, they stopped at Riley's house because he told them that he had hid the gun in the basement of his grandparents' house. So they stopped so he could get it. But when Riley came back outside the car, he had the gun. And that's when the police got out and arrested him. It's very quick and easy. Like, next day, Mm -hmm. the the Tennessee don't play no games. Yeah. Well, neither do Riley. Neither do Noah and Alex, apparently. (laughs) They're like, "Uh uh-uh, boy. (laughs) They said, sign me up for this shit. (laughs) Sick of your shit, Riley. (laughs) God, nobody fucking kidnapped you, you fucking psycho. (laughs) So, that's so funny to me. Yeah. So, Riley was charged with first-degree murder. They I'm were just, like, yeah. Sorry, I'm just imagining like that phone conversation. He's like, yeah, okay, good night. <laughs> like, no, it's just like, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> Voice. Well, they said Noah was playing video games. <laughs> it's true. He's like, yeah, okay. I'm going to get back to my game now. <laughs> I'm playing COD. I'm playing Call of Duty, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to trying to win this shit. Um, so the prosecution's case was that Riley wanted Emma dead and believed he had gone to the, her house with the intention of killing her. He believed it was inti- they believed it was intentional because she had been lying in her bedroom and then he, he fired shots in the directions where she was lying and they had been in a relationship for two years so he would know the direction yeah. she would be lying. Makes good sense. Good case. Good thought process. They also believed he had been furious because she had ended the relationship and blocked his number. I mean... Yeah, because he kept trying to contact her from other numbers and calling her 60 times. His reason, so they believed his reasoning for murdering Emma was that if he could not have her, then nobody could. Yep. That's a good that's, point. Good argument. The defense argued, and I will say the defense has a pretty good case. Um, I mean, their evidence is shit, but their <laughs> motive was all right um the defense argued that riley fired shots at emma's house that night but to scare her enough to make not to kill her but to scare enough to make him to make her want to take him back which kind of makes sense because like the whole kidnapping thing and the text is like kind of like scaring her so she'll need to call him yeah because like with the dude who showed up at the house she called him to yeah so like yeah I would buy that argument if I didn't think that Riley actually wanted to kill her because. No, I did us. Yeah. I mean, he said he was going <laughs> like, to read her name in the obituary. So. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm like, um, Mr. Manns, you set yourself up. <laughs> so Riley's mother told WATE that her son was not responsible for Emma's death. Of course she would. Quote, Riley did not do this. Yeah. Quote, Riley did not do this. He would not hurt her because he loved Emma dearly. He is not a monster. End quote. Yes, he um, is. Tell that to all of the text messages that I hope that they I was about show to say, in court. She just needs to read the text messages. Yeah. So during the trial, so this is during the trial and then sentencing. Um, so during the trial, the prosecution gave the jury five reasons why they believed that Gall was guilty. So murder and the attempt to kill was one. Motive, placement, proximity, repetition, and shot trajectory, which is way more than five, but like, go off. <laughs> so opposition, the opposition, the defense admitted that Riley pulled the trigger of his grandfather's stolen gun, but argued that Gall did not intend to kill Emma, which might have been his, like, thought process going to her house, but yeah. he shot it into her bedroom knowing where she would lay. I think yeah. had I, like that not been presented, I probably would agree with the defense, but knowing like, that he shot, and both bullets shot into her bed, one shot into her head, one shot into her pillow. Yeah. That's too close. Yeah, like, that's not something that you guess. Because if you just wanted to scare her, you would shoot it, like, up. Like, where you know that she's not gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or just shoot, like, outside her house where she... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he... The fact that he shot towards her bed when he could have shot literally anywhere else because he knows what her room is like, like... Well, the fact that the bullets both ended up so close to her head. Yeah. Like, how that's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not familiar with guns and you don't know how to shoot, you're not going to do that. Yeah. But a, so a 17 year old student at Central High School testified about the unsteady relationship between Riley and Emma. About two or three weeks after their breakup, Walker had been, quote, shaken up and scared, end quote, after 
Gall allegedly came to her house, to her home, and yelled at her. So, quote, or this is a quote from that, uh, the 17-year-old, uh, quote, It was never like the ideal relationship where you treat each other with respect. I felt she deserved better during the whole course of the re- their relationship, end quote, which is so sad to know a 16-year-old. Yeah. I mean, domestic violence is sad anyways, but this is a 16-year-old. Yeah. Who has been with him since 14. He's already an older man. That is such a, like time in your life where your brain is learning and taking in everything yeah and especially if if this whole situation hadn't happened and she had continued on into like other relationships as she got older this relationship realized yeah this relationship would have like she'd eventually have realized oh this is not how people are supposed to treat you and i think she was coming to that realization which is why she broke it off i was gonna say that is so sad to know that she what that re- that realization did hit, mm-hmm. and she died two weeks later. Yeah. So several of Gall's friends testified that Gall was in a dark place and that the relationship was to- toxic. Max Siegel stated that Gall had attempted suicide on the Maryville College campus about two weeks before Emma's death. Um, Mac and some others took Riley to the hospital, and he returned to campus about two or three days later. When he returned, he had claimed he wanted to start counseling. I don't think he started it. Yeah, I was going to say if if he did that I I would imagine that they would have called the therapist to speak at trial. I mean, obviously there's doctor patient confidentiality, but if this person is a threat to either themselves or to another person, they are obligated to report that. So, Siegel told the jury that Riley would borrow his phone to call his mom or Emma. But on the night Emma was shot, records show 52 phone calls from Siegel's phone to Emma within a 26-minute time span. Uh. Andrew Walker Stanley, Riley's roommate, the one that he woke up so rudely, received a Snapchat from Gall telling him not to talk to the police. Now I'm telling you, if I got a Snapchat from somebody telling me not to talk to the police, I'm going to be like, I'm absolutely going to talk to the police right now. <laughs> I would screenshot the snap. I'm on my snap. way to the police station. Yeah, it's like I would screenshot the snap. I don't give a shit if it gives them the notification. I would screenshot it and be like, all right, <laughs> bye. You're going to jail, homie. <laughs> So Isaac Ewers, Riley's best friend, took the stand to recount, along with Alex McCarty and Noah Walton, a bizarre incident on that Friday night of November 18th in which they received a call from Riley stating that he had been hit over the head and kidnapped. Not 10 minutes later, Riley showed up to his friends and said he had been hit in the head and could not remember anything. Now this, he shows up after they already tell him they don't believe him. Bro. He don't get no (laughs) hints. He does not get no hints. He's just desperate for attention i guess like why would you try to convince your friends that this happened like friends are like what the your your friends stoned a (laughs) well it's like your friends don't need to believe you yeah like your friends don't need to believe you you were trying to get emma to believe you but like they don't need to like what So, Isaac said that he knew where Riley's behavior was heading. Um, A Knox County Sheriff investigator said cell phone tower usage data um, indicated that Gall had traveled from Maryville to Knoxville and then back to Maryville that night. He was in Knoxville from 12.29 a.m. until 3.45 a.m. on November 21st. Um, Investigators said that Gall made calls to his mother and friends in the time leading up to Emma's death. I know why. And it kind of makes me wonder if his mom was in on it. I don't know if she was. Uh, that's not been in, like, any of the case, like, yeah. any of my stuff. But, like, why was he calling her mom? He calls his mom a lot. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I call my grandma a lot, too. So, I kind of get it in the sense that he was raised by his mom. So, they must have been... They must have had this kind of, like, really close relationship. But it also, from what it sounds like with that quote from his mom earlier, it sounds kind of like... She's kind of like the kind of mom who will make excuses. Do anything for her son. Yeah, do anything yeah. for her son, make excuses for his bad behavior, that sort of thing, and basically thinks he can do no wrong, even though he's a gigantic asshole and now a murderer. I mean, obviously, that's just speculation. So Yeah. So Gall's grandfather said he had kept a gun underneath the seat of his car. So his grandfather must have been a gangster because I don't know anybody else who does that. Yeah. Pew pew, Grandpa. Um, he testified that he and <laughs> that he and Riley had switched cars so that he could have the tires changed. On Sorry, just pew pew, Grandpa. <laughs> pew pew. 
<laughs> like, who the fuck has a gun under their seat? I think that's illegal. Well, at least in South Carolina, it's illegal because you have to have your gun and your ammo separated. Oh. I mean, I know some people keep guns in their car, the but seat. I don't. Yeah, I don't know why you would under keep the seat. It, yeah, I don't know why you'd keep it under the seat because, first of all, that's not a great place to well, have easy it. Easy access, I guess. But pew pew. It's, it's easy to open the glove box and grab it from there. I wouldn't be able to reach under the seat and grab it. <laughs> like that's that's a whole like contortionist thing here. Like <laughs> I would have to like scoop my seat back and get out of the car. Exactly. And go to the back seat. It's just a whole underneath it. It's a whole thing. Just put it in the glove. Box like a normal person. That's what I said. He's probably a gangster. <laughs> he probably has ties to the mafia I or believe, something. I, I don't believe know. it. Um, no, I think his grandpa's a good person. They testified for the prosecution. <laughs> well, sometimes people are called to call or called to testify. Well, they didn't call him. He okay. uh, volunteered. Offered. Well, good. Shout yeah. out to grandpa. Um, gangster grandpa. You, grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he testified that he and Riley had switched cars so that he could have the tires changed on Riley's. When he received his car back, he reached down for the gun and noticed it was missing. I love how that's the first thing that he does when he gets his car back. Yeah. If you were worried about it going missing while Riley had the car, why didn't you just take it? Exactly. So he asked Riley about it, and of course Riley denied any having anything to do with it. Um, so then he went to the file of police report saying that the gun was stolen, and but he told the police that the gun had never been fired before. So the first cool. time it was fired was on Emma Walker. Oh. Yeah, see, that's the thing, is that if he hadn't fired that gun, the police wouldn't have been able to pin him for that murder. So him worrying like, oh, they, they'd pin the murder on me. It's like, if you hadn't fired the gun, you'd have nothing to worry about. Because they can tell if a he's gun has been smart. fired before or not. Uh, clearly. They say he's a top student, but I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. Um, I d- I'm, I'm questioning that, that assessment there. So Gall had told Alex about the gun in his possession, and Alex had told Isaac about it. Isaac then told investigators that Riley came to visit him after oh no i'm sorry isaac told investigators that riley had asked to come visit him after emma's death but isaac told him no riley had asked isaac to get rid of everything even the gun and isaac (laughs) said i don't fucking think so (laughs) he's like you're not roping me into this shit (laughs) (laughs) this is your bad decision you go have to Uh, live with it (laughs) this is your bad you need to lie in it This is kind of sad. So, Dr. Christopher Lockmuller, chief medical examiner, had completed the autopsy on Emma. He told the jury that Emma could have died minutes or hours after being shot in her bed. While she had not been conscious while she was shot, the bullet had not entered her brainstem, meaning her death had not been instant, and the bullet could have killed her seconds, minutes, or hours after entering her head. But there's no way to tell. I can't even imagine, like, if it had been hours. She was sleeping. Well, at least she was sleeping. I guess, but it. She probably if if it wasn't seconds and it was minutes, she probably had a weird ass fucking dream. Let me tell you. Yeah, for sure. But I can't even imagine. Like that's ridiculous. So the jury found Riley guilty of first degree murder, stalking, reckless endangerment, theft, tempering with evidence, and possession of a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felony in Emma's death. Yeah. In Tennessee, a first degree murder conviction carries an automatic life sentence. Boom. And his sentence allows for a possibility of parole after serving 51 years. He ain't gonna get it. <laughs> He's staying in there. So after they read him, like, they told him he was guilty, and then they came back for the sentencing, Riley apologized to Emma, Emma's family after being found guilty. And then he says, quote, I'm sorry I took Emma away from you. I loved Emma. There is not a day that goes by where I do not think about her or what I did. End quote. I mean, at least he owned up to it finally, but it's like, why did you put everybody through a trial if you knew that you did it? it. Yeah, if you were really sorry for doing it. Mm -mm -mm. So on May 27th, 2021, Riley Gall filed an appeal for an acquittal on the base of insufficient evidence. The acquittal was not granted, so he then filed a motion for a new trial. The reasons for the new trial is fucking bullshit, okay? Among the reasons, the motion lists insufficient evidence to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. In addition, Gall's motion also stated, The court erred in denying Gall's objection to coverage law and crime. 
the court erred in denying his motion to sequester the jury the jury so if you don't know what sequestering means it means hold on i looked it up the definition hold up please so um jury sequestration is the isolation of a jury to avoid accidental or deliberate tainting of the jury by exposing them to outside influences or information that is not admissible in court which I guess I get why he wanted to sequester the jur- jury because that was a bit it was a big case for Tennessee mm-hmm. like during that time so it kind of makes sense but like yeah I think when it's a murder case especially but just in general when it's a big case the jury should be sequestered but I also don't think that's so enough that. to grant a new trial because you did it you admitted to it like <laughs> you would have been found guilty regardless. So, um, the court erred in denying his motion to sequester the jury. The the jury. The court erred in permitting Bobby Jones to testify as a forensic expert. I don't know why he hates Bobby Jones, but he hates Bobby Jones. Court erred in permitting Jones's recreation and exhibits introduced at trial. The court. The trial court erred in permitting the introduction of scene photographs for Emma Walker's head. The trial court erred in Gall's objection to the state introduction through detective merit or evidence regarding call of duty and wall banking. My my good my good sir, um, the photographs for Emma Walker's head—that's evidence. Like it's just showing what you did. They're grasping at straws. So, anyways, this motion was denied on June fourth, twenty twenty-one. So <laughs> good. Um, so Riley Gall remains incarcerated at the Northwest Correctional Complex in Timptonville, Tennessee. So the aftermath, um, this is so sweet. In lieu of flowers for Emma Walker's funeral, the family requested donations, uh, be made to the Young Williams Animal Shelter. Beer be crying. Yeah, that's really sweet. I know. Um, so Jill Walker told People Magazine, quote, I want people to know that my daughter isn't just as just a murdered cheerleader. She was so much more than that, end quote. So since Emma's death, Jill Walker states, quote, we are living day by day. We are trying to find a new normal for ourselves and stay positive, end quote. Emma's family, friends, and others raised enough money to name a neonatal intensive care unit room in her honor at East Tennessee Children's Hospital. A scholarship was also named for her at Central High School. You can mail donations directly to the school with uh, with the name of the scholarship uh, posted on the check. The address is 5321 Jacksboro Pike, Tennessee 37918. Um, so just a little bit about the scholarship. The scholarship will be available to graduating high school seniors with a minimum 3.0 GPA and required community service hours. The student must enroll in accredited public or private non-for-profit college or university in Tennessee to study in a medical or health care related field. Um, the Knox County Commission voted to rename the Pet Safe Dog Park at Tommy Schimpert park in honor of walker's memory in may 2018 to honor her love of animals um and i just want to end it on a quote from jill walker but quote we are just trying to keep the keep emma spirit alive end quote and that is the very sad tale of emma jane walker that is incredibly sad but i'm glad that so sad yeah like i'm glad that they caught him very quickly i wish (laughs) they wasted no time they they were like all right (laughs) <laughs> like nobody else could have done this. Let's go. <laughs> it's like, come on. Um, I'm. I just wish that somebody had been able to get through to Emma sooner. And I know that it's yeah, like, it's wishful thinking. Well, even had they done that, I still think the outcome would have been the same. Probably. I mean, he was clearly obsessed to the point he was ready to kill her. Yeah, and obviously emotionally immature enough to want to date a fourteen-year-old. So, eighteen. Yeah, it's he clearly has a whole lot of issues going on there, and it sucks because like this isn't an isolated incident. This stuff happens all the time. Like it, not just Mm -hmm. with like teenagers. This happens so many times and then you've got people out there who are like not all men it's like no but it's enough it's enough of them that this is it's a this lot is, it's a lot it's, of men yeah it's it's a lot of men it's enough of them that i knew exactly where the story was gonna go well not exactly i knew in general where the story was gonna go because it's happened so many times it's the same thing over and over again men feel like they are entitled to women and if a woman decides that they want to move on with their life then the man is like no you can't do that. I'm going to kill you instead. Like, 
what makes these men think that yeah. they have the right to end somebody else's life because they don't want to be with this person anymore? Like, what makes them think they have the right other than the audacity? I have a lot of feelings about this, um, but that's 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 my yeah. my summary. <sighs> it's really sad because she seemed like a very bright girl. Um, mm-hmm. She seemed like she was just a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. She probably could have done a lot with her life. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad. There's so many good things that came out of her death. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm really glad that like they were able to, like even though she wasn't able to become a nurse, like that she in a way was still able to find her way to the NICU, you know, because they named it after her. Like in the animal shelter in the dog park. I will probably I'll I'll see if we can make a donation to the scholarship or to the animal shelter as well in her honor because that's that's really cool and we will also put the information like the address where you can mail in a donation to the scholarship in Mm -hmm. the like show notes and stuff so be sure to check that out as well as the domestic violence hotlines um i'm just gonna read them again um just australia the united kingdom and us's uh we'll put more information about them in the show notes but um so the u.s national domestic abuse hotline again is 800-799-7233 the UK domestic abuse hotline is 0808-2247. And Australia rape and domestic violence hotline is 800-737-732. So if you or somebody you know is a victim of domestic violence, please reach out to them um, and help them get help. Yeah. Whew. I'm sad now. Happy Saturday. I'm going to <laughs> Uh, so that is everything from us you can find us on social media we are on instagram at shockingly wicked podcast we are on twitter at wicked podcast one we're 10 away from five (laughs) thousand. that's so aggressive i'm hoping that by the time this episode comes out we will be at five thousand. but (laughs) um you can find us on facebook at shockingly wicked podcast and once you join the facebook group you can also join the private discussion group Group where we do more in-depth stuff there you can find us on youtube at shockingly wicked podcast and on tiktok at shockingly wicked we have our website which is either shockinglywicked.com or shockinglywickedpodcast.com either way it's going to take you to the same place and then we also have our patreon which is shockingly wicked podcast you can find the links to that on our website anything you give to us through that even if it's three dollars you know we have different tiers we have three dollars we have i don't remember all of them i just remember our, our smallest one is three dollars three eleven twenty two there we go so even just three dollars a month like you get extra content we take that money and we put it right back into the podcast making it better for you guys because without you we wouldn't be able to be doing this so we appreciate you very much Britt. is there anything else that you would like to add Send us case suggestions. Oh, yes. Chocolatelicapodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yes, like she or said. Or we have a um, contact us tab yes, on our website. We have a contact form on our website, and you can also send them there if you don't want to remember how to type out our email address. Email. So, um, That's fine. that is everything for us. Again, if you enjoy this, please give us either a rating on Spotify and iTunes or a review on iTunes. And we will see you next week. Bye! Bye.